Welcome to the After Chat. I'm Michael. I'm Ellis. And today we are going to be talking all about forgiveness. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome to the After Chat. Real questions. Real talk. Real life. man so let's imagine okay if you can just for a moment you you roll up to your house swing open the door full of golf balls <laughs> floor to ceiling just like a wall of golf just balls. a wall of okay. golf balls Good. maybe maybe when you swing it open like two or three kind of trickle out <laughs> what do you do uh well uh, okay here's i feel like i'm gonna get a shovel yeah. And just kind of try to, like, get it started, you know? Yeah. They're golf balls. They're round. I figure some of them will start rolling if I yes. get some moving, you know? So, look, there's nothing on the question about what happens once I get them outside the house. It's all just about get getting them out, them of the house. out the house. So, what that ain't my problem. Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to remove them? Yeah. Same thing. I'm thinking, like, a shovel wheelbarrow situation. You just wheelbarrow. <laughs> how, how do you say that? Wheel wheelbarrow wheelbarrow. You know, I think I say a wheelbarrow, but that's not correct. There's no L on no, it. No, there's not. Okay, wheelbarrow. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go with that. Okay, we'll figure that out in the, in the <laughs> Facebook group. But ask other people how they say it. Maybe they'll send in video of how they say wheelbarrow. It's a good idea. Um, but I think a shovel and a wheelbarrow situation. You just once you get it started, kind of wheel them. You know, a few feet from the house, maybe to the tree line, dump yep. them or the street, whatever. In the neighbor's yard, you know, <laughs> just whatever. just to get them out. Yeah. I think that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. We had, Sarah said, what, she said shop vac situation? Yeah, industrial shop vac, I believe, was her answer. So, that's got like a like a, like a a suck and a blow function, right? <laughs> like, so I imagine like you got like a Gatlin gun type situation where where you just <laughs> go load it up with golf balls. <laughs> and that's how you get rid of them. Oh. <laughs> Well, what's the air pressure in those things? Like, surely if you load it full with golf balls. Yeah. Like, how many, until you have to, like, empty it to start over. That's why I said industrial. Well, what does that mean? It's just a super duty one. Oh. Okay. All right. I have no measurements. Oh. Okay. What's your take on, on dressing up pets in costumes? No. Why? I, I like, don't know. The pet, the pet, <laughs> the pet doesn't like it. It's gonna be a pain for me to get the costume on the pet. Yeah, we're like, doing this all for Instagram. Like, why? Yeah, why? Like, no. I've never seen a pet look happy, like in one of those photos. Yeah, I mean, my daughter does. Like, our our cat has like a little neckerchief situation going, <laughs> going on. Snowflake doesn't really seem to dig it. Like, I mean, we can we can barely get our cats to keep a flea collar on, let alone a Halloween yeah. costume. Like, come on, yeah. So no, I'm not. I'm not down for it. It's usually a fight. Like they don't. They don't. They don't want it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not down with it. Okay, we're unanimous here. Yes. All right. What's one thing you wish you were skilled at? Um, I'd love to be able to play an instrument. I played clarinet like in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know how it goes. I put it down. Put it in a in the case. Put it somewhere. Haven't touched it since. So Probably. how many years did you play? 
Uh, probably four or five years. Okay. So I'm sure I could pick it up and, you know, I could learn how to do it again. But I, if I was going to learn a new skill or relearn a skill, I would want to do like a cool instrument, you know, like Such a guitar as. or something. Okay. Yeah. How uh, about you? Um, I mean, I I did play an instrument in, in middle school from fourth to sixth grade, the alto saxophone. Mm-hmm. Won a medal. Nice. It was terrible, though. Like, I was, <laughs> I was no good at it. It literally sounded like just, like, screaming animals from, from upstairs whenever I would play. Like, um, but I do think that would be cool. Like, I would, like, I think it'd be fun to play the piano. Mm-hmm. But I wish I was, like, good at, like, woodworking or, mm. or something like that or, like, some sort of mechanical skills. That's a good answer. I think that would be, like, if I could, like matrix style download something like i would want to be able to just to fix all the things yeah um that would be where i would go i like that all right so what do you do to recover from a bad day sweatpants xbox yeah snacks yeah it's pretty pretty simple formula but (laughs) works like a charm how about you um uh something similar like i just like to kind of veg out like Mm -hmm. i'll usually just find like quiet mm-hmm. like i'll just just kind of either sit and reflect on whatever it was that went bad or veg out and just put on something ridiculous to laugh at <laughs> yeah like stupid humor comedy is is usually a surefire way to pick me up after after a bad day right how do you typically deal with disappointment with being disappointed or being the disappointment if you know what i mean no i think <laughs> that can go either way like like how do you okay whenever you've done the thing to disappoint someone else okay uh how do i deal with that yeah. not well typically is is the answer i i i think i've talked about this in a previous episode mm-hmm. but i tend to wallow in that kind of situation mm-hmm. so i guess i'll answer both sides how do i deal with being disappointed i don't do i don't actually know how do I deal with being disappointed? I, I think I try to I try to see the best in the situation. It's mm-hmm. not something I'm particularly gifted at, but I think you know I, I think it takes a little longer than I would like it to. But give it a few days and I can see like whatever the positive is. I mean, if I'm the cause of someone's disappointment, <laughs> um, <laughs> usually try to make amends yeah. and just say you know I'm I'm sorry I disappointed you. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't my intent to disappoint you. Um, what what can I do to make this right so that way we can maintain you know a good healthy relationship? If someone disappoints me, you know because I'm I'm kind of an insecure person in in a lot of ways. I am at, like my first instinct is they did it on purpose. <laughs> um, but you know one of the things I have to be mindful of whenever I do go that route is that that's that's my own junk talking mm-hmm. um and i need to believe the best in that person and then just express it to them yeah that's the that's kind of the formula that i've developed for for dealing with that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and all my best days that's how i do it right but sometimes i'll wallow in it for a day or two <laughs> and and stew on things and imagine all of the worst things possible and right. then i'm just like you know once i tell that to one or two people that i've that i've uh, surrounded myself with that i can be that real with um, they're like, nah, dude, you're way overthinking it. You're stewing on it. You know you're not thinking right. Go talk to the person and, and sort it out. Yeah. That's kind of how I've learned to deal with it. So, related question. Mm-hmm. Do you find it difficult or easy to forgive others? I I mean, short answer, yeah. Like, I I mean, even all of that, what I just said, notwithstanding, <laughs> like, I recognize, like, I'm more, I'm self-aware enough now to know that that's, that's just me 
in the moment, even when it's happening and I don't really feel like doing it yet. Um, I find it way more difficult to, f to forgive myself whenever I'm the disappointment to others, I think. So that's, that's kind of how I break down with that. Yeah. I would agree with that um, for me as well. I think it's it's become a lot easier for me to forgive others in the last five years or so. Mm -hmm. um, there was a time in recent history where it was like, you mess up one time and it You're affects done. me negatively, that's it. Like, we're, we're done. That's it. So, but yeah, I, kind of what you were saying, it has kind of flipped for me in that way where uh, I'm pretty self-critical and insecure. And so when I, when I feel like I've disappointed somebody or hurt somebody, I really tend to beat myself up about yes. it. Whereas if somebody does that to me, then I I can forgive them reasonably easily, you mm -hmm. know. So And I mean and for me, like I've mentioned it I think in a in a previous episode. Like I've got such a high standard for myself that I feel like I should be able to go out and do literally whatever it is for the first time and just knock it out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> and so like whenever I feel like I don't do that and I've let other people down, mm -hmm. like I'm just like, man, dude, I really suck at that and I should just <laughs> not do it ever again. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it, I, I'm way more harder on myself than probably anybody else ever will be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All that to kind of get us into the conversation of. Uh, forgiveness. So we're going to look at what forgiveness is and isn't, mm -hmm. what the Bible says about it, and then kind of see how we've seen this play out in our own lives. Yeah. And so one of the things that I think uh, would be beneficial for this is just to kind of look at, at some common misconceptions about what forgiveness is not. Mm -hmm. So forgiveness isn't just a feeling mm -hmm. like if you're if you're sitting around waiting until you feel like you're magnanimous feeling magnanimous enough to forgive somebody it's probably not going to come you know what i'm saying yeah like i'm if somebody hurts you you're just like you know what i'm i'm going to forgive now <laughs> <laughs> and then just forgiven yeah. like it's, it doesn't really work that way yeah forgiveness isn't pretending that that you were not hurt mm. which i think is uh, what a lot of people kind of think it is, yeah. you know, oh, well, I shouldn't feel this way. So obviously I'm, something's wrong with me. I'm not able to forgive. Um, no, you, I mean, you can still, I mean, you were hurt and we saw Jesus like express full, you know, the full spectrum of emotion. Like when he was sad, he cried when he was angry, he <laughs> flipped over tables <laughs> yeah. and, and things. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not pretending that you're not feeling what you're actually feeling. And it's also not condoning uh, what the person did to you. Right. And that's also kind of a common mis uh, misconception about forgiveness. It's like saying, well, that's okay. No, mm -hmm. what, a lot of times what people did is not okay. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to pretend that, that it is. Yeah. Um, it's also not trusting the offender again. You know, like sometimes whenever... It, does, it doesn't mean that you automatically, that trust is automatically restored to the relationship. There's probably going to have to be some sort of process to rebuild mm -hmm. uh, trust. And then the last one is it's not relieving the person of responsibility. There's still going to be consequences for, for what that person did. Yeah. And forgiveness is not relieving all of it. Like there, it just means that you're not going to hold on to those feelings. Mm -hmm. So thoughts. Yeah, no, I think um, I would agree with pretty much all of those. I think you, like you were saying, in a way, we tend to think that forgiveness comes once we're completely over whatever happens. Well, 
like if you do that if you wait till that point then it's kind of like well like what is it is it meaningful is it is it anything of substance at that point or are you just saying the words now that it's far enough in the past that you've forgotten about it i also think um to your point about kind of if you have to forgive somebody and continue to interact with them after like it should change the dynamic in subtle ways yes but not uh permanent damage Mm -hmm. and you know obviously a lot of this depends on the circumstance and the specifics of the situation but um, you have you have to kind of strike that balance of hey, this particular thing that happened, like I'm forgiving you. That being said, you know, this is what needs to happen going forward. Kind of, and thing. a lot of times it's just the matter of making the choice to begin the process. Yes, and that's that's something that I think is overlooked a lot. And so if we just look at like what forgiveness is mm-hmm. on the other side of that, it's uh, it's a command, mm-hmm. <laughs> like straight up. From Colossians three thirteen, bear with each other and forgive one another. And any if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Yeah. Like it's it doesn't get much more clear than that. Like this is something that we're we're supposed to do. And to what I just said a moment ago, like it is a choice. Mm-hmm. Like it's a choice that you make to to begin it. Um, and sometimes that that choice has to be made again multiple times. You know through. You might have to make that decision every single day. Like, mm-hmm. if this person did something wrong, I'm still feeling this way. Own your feelings, own your emotions, and if you need to talk to somebody to help navigate all of that, then you should. Right. Um, but it's a choice that you need that that you need to make. Mm-hmm. I think you know this is something we'll get into a little bit as we go, but there's often a misconception between forgiveness and reconciliation. The yes. two get confused for each other, and they're really not the same thing. Because mm-hmm. reconciliation is kind of a coming together between two parties, mm-hmm. whereas forgiveness is, I'm just me in this dynamic between us. I'm choosing to offer forgiveness to you. There's mm-hmm. no requirement on your part to accept it or deny it or do anything really. Yeah. Like I'm doing that for for me, basically. And, so. what, and we're going to get into it here, and <clears throat> whenever we look at some of the verses that we have on this, but that's to remove the things that you're feeling inside of you mm-hmm. to remove the ba- the malice, the bitterness, the, the hurt, the frustration that you may feel with somebody like that's you beginning the process to let, to let those things go. Yeah. Well, let's look at what the Bible does say about mm-hmm. it. So what scriptures did you bring? Yeah, I have three here. Uh, the first one's from first John uh, chapter one, verses eight and nine. It says, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And then, uh, so we'll go through all three and I'll talk about them in a, minute, in a second. Uh, the next one's Isaiah chapter 55, verse seven, let, let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes. Turn to our God for he will forgive generously. And then uh, lastly, Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen: people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy or forgiveness. So basically all pointing to the fact of what you said a minute ago, which is God wants us to forgive mm-hmm. and he models it for us and gives us examples, yes. which we'll get into uh, later on. But yeah, no. So the ones that I, the ones that I brought that really helped me want learning about what this what this is and how it's impacted my life. Psalm 32, 5, I acknowledge my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. You know, that's just one of the things. 
I've done bad. <laughs> you know, I've done something that, that goes against what God's will for our lives is. So you got to own it. You got you got to confess it. Uh, Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Along with all malice, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So for me, one of the things that did was if I want to get rid of the wrath and anger and running off at the mouth <laughs> um, <laughs> with, with the slander, if, if I want all of that to be put away from me, along with the malice and mean-spirited stuff that I had going on whenever I first came to Jesus, I had to learn to forgive. Yeah. And a lot, it didn't really have anything to do with them. It was about me releasing those feelings that I had towards them and just giving them uh, to God. And then after the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, uh, 14, 15, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Mm -hmm. And that really changed the way that I thought of it. Instead of just me going to God, begging for forgiveness. You, we also, Jesus says right there, we have to be willing to offer that same type of forgiveness to others. And I think I think a lot of people forget that part. Mm -hmm. um, so, Yeah, I read a quote one time that said, true forgiveness is secondhand, meaning... We don't own it. It didn't begin with us to begin with. Yes. And it's not ours to hold on to just for us. It's for us to give to others. Yep. And I think especially with that Ephesian scripture, like you mentioned the bitterness and wrath and anger. And then on the other side, you have kindness, tenderheartedness, forgiveness. Those two things can't coexist. Not you have to get place. rid of one to make room for the other. And the way to do that is forgiveness mm -hmm. and and just being willing to, to and it like and like we mentioned earlier it's not about saying what somebody did was okay mm -hmm. it's about releasing those emotions and feelings that that you hold yeah. so that way the other the positive things that we just mentioned can come in and fill that space right so let's look at some stuff in the bible mm -hmm. uh so i'll tackle one and you can just tackle the other sure. one. okay all right so now this is one that is an example of um Forgiveness, but not necessarily reconciliation. Now, this comes um, for folks that aren't familiar with Jacob and Esau. Jacob, he he kind of bamboozled Esau out of his out of his birthright, but but not really. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did a little bit, like he did with the whole scheme with his mom and stuff. But Esau sold it for a bowl of lentils. So takes two to tango. <laughs> I mean. Um, <laughs> So, but anyway, so Jacob goes, he runs away because Esau was so mad he was going to kill him. He goes off, gets, he kind of gets tricked himself uh, by his uncle Laban, I think it was his uncle. But go back and check out the story of Jacob and Esau because it is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Jacob, he, he's coming back and he sends a caravan after caravan full of goods and wares and stuff to offer to, offer to Esau as, as a means of, of getting forgiveness from him. So... All this time they've been gone. They finally come back together. And then in Genesis 33, <clears throat> 12 through 17, this is what we read. Then Esau said, let us be. And so they've come together. They've hugged. Uh, Jacob is off. Uh, Esau's like, you know, hey, let's let's go. Let's let's get back together. Let's connect. And so Esau said, let us be on our way. I'll accompany you. But Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are tender and that I must care for the using and cows that are nursing their young, if they're driven hard, just one day the animals will die. So let my Lord go on ahead of his servant. 
uh, while I move along slowly at the pace of the flocks and herds before me and the pace of the children until I come to my Lord. And then Esau said, then let me leave some men with you. But why would you do that, Jacob asked? Just let me find favor in the eyes of my Lord. So that day Esau started on his way to one town and Jacob, however, went to another where he built a place for himself and made shelters for his livestock. And so they never really reconciled and lived together or maintained relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, Esau ended up being like the, the founder of a group called the Edomites. And then they kind of bickered and warred with Jacob's uh, descendants all throughout uh, Israel's history until Edom eventually was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just an example of where there was forgiveness, but they didn't necessarily reconcile. Right. So we didn't work it out this way, but I'm, I'm kind of glad we it worked out that uh, we're kind of going back and forth because we're going to talk about Joseph, which is, if we're talking about forgiveness and reconciliation, it's my go-to story. Yeah. So, And this one has reconciliation in it. Yes, yes. So a brief overview. This, I mean, this is going to be super condensed. Maybe this is a future episode one day. Yes. I don't know. But um, Joseph, uh, you read about him in Genesis, kind of the last, you know, quarter of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he grows up. He has these dreams, and his brothers become jealous of him. And, you know, he kind of goes around saying, like, yo, I have these dreams. I'm going to be in charge of all of you. No, not the best strategy ever. But He comes across kind of smug. Yeah, a little bit, a <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Um, so his brothers are like, wow, we don't like this guy. Let's get rid of him. So first they're like, let's kill him. And then they're like, you know, we'll just sell him into slavery instead. You know, nice consolation prize. Thanks, I mean, guys. I mean, when you're waiting. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, to super condense the story, Joseph he kind of ascends all the way up until he's the right hand of Pharaoh. He's mm-hmm. like number two in Egypt. Meanwhile, his brothers and their dad are going through a famine. The entire land uh, has to endure famine for, I think it's seven years. Mm-hmm. And um, Joseph is in charge of food, the distribution of food in Egypt. And so he kind of is directly in charge of making sure food is stored up and people are going to be able to survive the famine, including his family. So, Joseph, he hasn't seen his brothers since this whole thing went down with them years ago. He's in Egypt. They're doing their thing. But they go to Egypt to say, hey, we we, need some food. We need some food. We're out. So he comes face to face, Joseph does, with his brothers who have hated him, who have cursed him, who have thought about killing him and decided against it, sold him into slavery, set him on this path. But Joseph's able to see it for what it is, which is the path that God intended for him the entire time, the the path that God had that led him to the place where he could eventually help them and the entire nation. And so when his brothers are standing before him, and I think a lot of people in that situation would have been like, Off this, with is, their heads. this is my time yeah. to get them back. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't say that. So this is uh, Genesis 46, verse three. Uh, Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there there has been a famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and save your lives by a great deliverance. So I think it's pretty cool. Joseph's able to see kind of the bigger picture here. Not only mm-hmm. did what happened 
set him on the path he was supposed to be, but it led them there too for this moment where they come back together. And I think one of the most one of the most telling verses in that is, and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Mm-hmm. Like he completely just absolved. 100%. Listen, I'm not angry with you. Don't be angry with yourselves. And then, you know, they go back, they get they get Jacob, they get his little brother, they he gets the whole clan and then they come out and he brings everybody together and then he's with them like living with them actively throughout the the rest of of their lives. And so I think that's just a that's just to use the word I used earlier, magnanimous on <laughs> on his part. That's such a cool word. Like, that's a good. One. We don't use that enough. <laughs> now th- now this one I I wanted I wanted to bring into here mm-hmm. just because I thought it would be a really there had to have been some forgiveness in here somewhere but whenever we're looking at the story of Abra of Isaac and Abraham during <laughs> Abraham's testing mm-hmm. G, uh, God says you know go up take your son and and we're gonna give it all for a sacrifice and and test him and says this is you're gonna sacrifice Isaac. And so we get to Genesis 22, 6. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now that I know, now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Awkward. Imagine that walk down. <laughs> Imagine, like, just put yourself in, in the story. So, Isaac's sitting there, probably collecting wood. And then and then I can't imagine that Abraham just said, Isaac, my son, come here. And, and then just started to bound him and then place him on the thing and put kindling on him. And Isaac not be, like, freaking out. Mm-hmm. And then imagine that walk back down. Yeah. Like. Well, and also. <laughs> Uh, it says that Abraham sees the angel, but not, say not Isaac. Isaac saw the so angel. from Isaac's perspective, you know, Abraham's got the knife in his throat and then changes his mind yeah. for no reason. I mean, not... did he forgive? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I imagine he did. Hopefully he did. I mean, I just can't imagine, like, the, the conversation on the way down the mountain. <laughs> like, Abraham just being like, listen, Isaac, man, I saw an angel. Like, well, I didn't see no angel. Like, I just, <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I hope that there was forgiveness there. I just... It's such a weird story, Awkward. and you just don't know how how it played out. Yeah. So. <laughs> Abraham and Isaac, everybody. Abraham and Isaac, there you go. go. <laughs> In a bridged version. Go, go, spend, go spend some time Genesis 22 <laughs> and, and just have a look at it and let us know what you think in the Facebook group. So did you have to go through any, any type of uh, – like uh, transitioned in the way that you thought? Did you have to do any reconciling of relationships? Did you have, whenever you first came to God, like how did that look like for you as far as forgiving others and then asking him to forgive you for things that you had done in your previous life? Yeah. Um, so big one that sticks out is uh, 
I, I guess it started before I came to church, but it was, it's been, a, as you can imagine, it was an ongoing process. And I've talked about this in the past on here, I'm pretty sure. Before I ever came to church, I dated a girl for a lo- really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we broke up, like, we'd been dating for like seven years and change. And I don't want to, you know, blow it out of proportion. We weren't married or anything like that. But um, I, I, we, she broke up with me over the phone. Of all things, which is a pretty bad Seven thing to years. do. Yeah, that's pretty it's pretty messed up. Um, and, like, I'm not exaggerating. Literally, that was the last time I ever talked to her. And so the the process of forgiving uh, what had happened had to be just me. It had to be just me. There was mm-hmm. no, like, hey, let's talk about how this dynamic is going to look going forward. Like, there was none of that. So I had to figure out how can I forgive without getting any kind of reconciliation or any kind of uh, closure, really, um, as far as like a a face-to-face conversation. And so that looked a lot like, you know, acknowledging what I had done wrong in the situation. Mm -hmm. As bad as this, as the the breakup itself was, you know, on her part, it it looked like, well, what did I do wrong? How could I have done things differently for it to have worked out? Um, And how do I forgive so I can move forward. Yes. Um, how can I remove some of the bitterness and anger and all of those things so I can make room for the things I want to, you know, have in here instead. And that kind of coincided, that part of it kind of coincided with me starting to come to church and come mm-hmm. to know Jesus and things like that. So yeah, it, it unfolded, you know, God has a funny sense of humor and it unfolded uh, kind of along the same tracks uh, pretty nicely. But yeah. So for me, I had I had what I called the the summer of squashing beefs. Okay. <laughs> um, so for anybody familiar with the episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. like fantastic show. Anyway, mm-hmm. they realize that they that they can't go anywhere in town because they they can't get the sandwiches that they want. They can't rent the movies that they want. They literally can't go to any of the places they want to go to because they have beef literally everywhere. <laughs> Um, so they decide that they're going to come together, invite everybody together for a meal that they've wronged. And one of the characters on there, true to form, he was like, well, you said we were squashing beef. So he made a pot of squash and beef to, <laughs> to serve to everybody. Um, I didn't really have the luxury of, of getting everybody together for a pot of squash and beef. So what I did um, was I just started making amends with everybody one on one that I knew that I had wronged in some way. And this involved going out to my home state of Missouri and working on some familial relationships uh, there. And then just while I happened to be there, I took the girls to the ice cream place uh, there in the town. And one of the teachers that I was a jerk to (laughs) happened to come in. And I just took that as an opportunity and just said, wow, like God put this person right here. Like this is the whole point of this trip is to come and reconcile and seek forgiveness for, for people that, that I have wronged and uh, the, seek forgiveness from people that I have wronged or at least apologize the best that I could. Um, and then there was this person right here and I just went up and said, hey, I can't believe that I'm seeing you here today, but I just want to let you know I'm really sorry for all of the crappy ways that I behaved in your class. Mm-hmm. And she was very gracious and said, listen, I haven't thought about it, but if you felt, if you saw me and you felt the need to apologize, I'm really grateful and I appreciate that and I forgive you. And it just was a really awesome thing. But that whole summer leading up to it, you know, I knew that I needed to forgive others. So I went out there with the expressed intent of, 
of forgiving some people and letting them know mm -hmm. that that I forgave them. And it all came from, you know, me reading that scripture from Jesus. Well, God's going to forgive you as much as you forgive others. And so I knew that I needed to forgive a whole lot because I needed to be forgiven mm -hmm. <laughs> for a whole lot. And Psalm 51, you know, creating me a clean spirit, O Lord. Like that was a that was something that I prayed every single day. Yeah. Um, during that time and whenever and I think I've mentioned that on here before like whenever I know that I've jacked up and I've done something wrong that's something that I always go back to yeah. is that prayer and then I just reword it to make it a prayer specific to what I need forgiveness for mm -hmm. because like I said Jesus said God is going to forgive you as much as you forgive others so you better be ready to offer that forgiveness if you want it uh, from our Heavenly Father yeah I think another important piece of this we should mention is that if you if you don't forgive, then we've we've mentioned that if you don't forgive, you're going to continue carrying those things with you. I think like we could take it even further and say, if you don't forgive in the past, then you're going to carry that stuff with you into yep. future, you know, interactions and relationships. And so, like with what I was talking about a minute ago, like we, my my wife and I, I met my met my wife probably. Uh, like four years after um, everything had gone down. And so I had begun that process, but um, it was an ongoing thing. And so yeah. I carried a lot of that stuff where I had been hurt and thought I had forgiven, but hadn't really wrestled with it the way I needed to into my relationship with my wife, even before we were married. And so because you'll find yourself projecting what other someone else had done to you in the past yeah. onto the person that's right in front of you in, in your presence. Exactly. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, like having a gut reaction of, oh, they did it on purpose. And yeah. there, there were there were <laughs> things where I had been hurt, where I was like, my wife did something like that or along those lines that reminded me of it, um, you know, unsuspectingly. Yes. And I was like, oh, that reminds me of this. She did it on purpose. And so... You're taking I, out that past thing yeah, on her. Yeah. So I had to I had to learn how to get over some of that stuff. And even like having that relationship with my wife start to unfold revealed some stuff that I hadn't I hadn't dealt with yet that I needed to. So I think it's important, you know, that it's important to know that if you don't find a way to wrestle with that stuff, you'll carry it into, you know, future interactions and relationships and It'll become a whole big mess that has yeah. to be untangled. So, and then yeah. you can just start that cycle all mm -hmm. over again. Yeah. So, um, well, let's take a uh, look at this clip from uh, Pastor Brian Hughes on what he's talking about here regarding forgiveness. That God offers us forgiveness, and then He expects us to extend it to. No offense does not mean that I'm never hurt. It just means I know what to do when I am. Forgiveness is the pathway to freedom, not just for you, but for everybody else around you, for everybody in your family, for your circle of friends, frankly, for our community too. For too long, too many of us have had a spirit of unforgiveness that we've just carried around with us against people around us against members of our own family or, or some group in our family or somebody who was a former friend. And yes, remorse would be nice. Hearing your offender say, I'm sorry, would be welcome. I get it. But you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for an apology. You don't have to wait for the person who hurt you to make it right. You just got to deep, deep, dig deep inside yourself 
you got to go way in here and you got to say the words, I forgive. I'm going to release this. I release the offender and I release the offense. Like Jesus did that day so long ago, freeing his, his friend Peter. You can also forgive your offender. In fact, if we're going to live better lives, if you and I are going to live freer lives, we've got to learn to do this. And you can learn to do this. And when you do, you get a double win. You unlock the forgiveness of God, and you free yourself and people around you. Forgiveness. The one thing you can't get if you don't give. So let's be lavish with it. Like God, who went to extraordinary lengths so that we could have forgiveness. Brian really really hit it uh, the nail on the head there when he talked about that that double win mm-hmm. whenever you make that that decision uh, to forgive uh, people for the things that they did because you get you get the forgiveness of God because you forgave others you also free the people around you because you're not carrying around uh, the all the things that from Ephesians 4 31 and 32 the the bitterness the wrath the anger the clamor the malice like you're no longer carrying that uh, in you. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're freeing a whole bunch of people mm-hmm. from all sorts of things whenever you do make that decision to forgive. Yeah. Yeah. I think like societally, we make it so much about the other person, the, the offender and not about ourselves. And, um, and he makes that point here. Yeah. Like you don't have to wait for, mm-hmm. for the other person to decide to admit what they did wrong. Like, it's not about that. It's about the release that you're giving them. Yeah. It's about, it's about freeing yourself and it's about, receiving the forgiveness from God and then extending it to others. Like exactly the quote I, I mentioned earlier, true forgiveness is secondhand. It mm-hmm. uh, kind of sums up a lot of this. So, yeah. like God gave it to you, so you need to, you need to give it to others. I think the thing that, that I really like what Brian said there was, like, you can do this. Mm-hmm. It starts with making the choice to say, I forgive, and then fill in the blank for whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's not... I mean, if you're thinking, spoiler alert, I mean, if you think that it's going to be a one-time thing, there's going to be multiple sequels and follow-ups to mm-hmm. that, depending upon what the thing is. You, yep. you might have to make that decision every single day. You might have to make it multiple times a day mm-hmm. to just say, listen, anytime you start to feel those things bubbling up, I forgive this. And then go to God in prayer and say, God, I can't do this on my own. But... You know, we're promised to have everything that we need to do, the things that God has commanded us to do. And that's the power of his Holy Spirit working in us. Mm-hmm. And so if if God wouldn't have commanded it, if we weren't able to actually follow it through. Yeah. And so and we can't do it on our own strength. At least I know that I I haven't been able to like I've had to pray. God, give me the power to forgive this, that and the other. Yeah. Same here. Uh, you can't you can't hold on to that like we talked about how you can't have a room for both of those those two sides of things that the Ephesians scripture mentioned but you can't hold on to that bad stuff and somehow keep it from driving like that stuff's going to be in the driver's seat if you hold on to it and so when you forgive you're you're make essentially making the choice to let go of that stuff and not let it drive anymore and i wanted to i wanted to share the scripture that second peter 1 3 so his divine power has given us everything need that everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. 
everything that we need for a godly life. And mm-hmm. one of those, one of the things that we need for a godly life is the ability to forgive others. And so right here, like if you didn't think that you had access to the power to do it, Peter right here, who Brian mentioned how Jesus forgave mm-hmm. after he denied him, yeah, you know, and then he, he brought him down and sat him down in front of a supper with everybody there after a miraculous catch of fish and basically reinstated and recommissioned Peter saying, feed my sheep, mm-hmm. you know, and you can, well, I'll share this uh, verses for that in a second, but second Peter one, three, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. You have the ability to do it, mm-hmm. not on your own, but through the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Yeah. You have the ability to forgive whatever wrong has been done, whether or not that person recognizes that they have done anything wrong or not, kind of like in your situation. Mm-hmm. It's not about them. It's yeah. about you releasing them, whether or not they accept it, acknowledge it, or even care one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And where was the the scripture for the Jesus end where he uh, commissions uh, brings back Peter. It's in uh, John 21, verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter, Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him for the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger and you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you, not, you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. And that was that was Peter. That was Peter receiving forgiveness from from Jesus right there. Mm-hmm. And that was John that wrote it. He's the one. He references himself there at the end. I also think that <laughs> think it just as a weird aside. It it became rumor that he was going to live forever. Yeah. <laughs> but just just a little odd thing there at the end of, of what he wrote. But I think. You know, that must have been really something for for Peter there. After having denied him three times, Jesus saying, you're going to deny me three times. And then he, he restores him three times publicly in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not always going to be called to forgive someone publicly in front of everybody. We might not ever have the opportunity to do so. But the point that I was making a moment ago still stands. Whether It's about you releasing them from their debts because God has released us from from the debts that we owe him for the transgressions that we've made. Yeah. So what would you say to the person who's watching or listening who they want to forgive, but they don't know how what's step one for that person making the decision that that is what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And then for me, it helped me to state it out loud. 
Hmm. I find whenever I vocalize things, it it removes it from it removes the power that it seems to have over me if I just keep it all bottled up. So whenever I have been tasked with forgiving somebody in the past, it always starts with I forgive, name the name, and then what perceived thing I'm I'm holding against them mm-hmm. is, and then doing that like I said multiple times a day if necessary, and then going to God and asking Him for the power to actually do it. Mm-hmm. That's a great step one and two, probably. Yeah, no, I agree. I I would say, say it out loud and be don't be afraid to be specific. Yes. Say, hey, that I'm this person hurt me. I'm hurting because of this thing and this thing and this thing that they did, but I'm choosing to forgive them. Yep. Simple as that. I think that's a good good thing to close on, bro. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Uh, we hope to see everybody uh, in the Facebook group mm-hmm. that we've got up and running. And leave your comments and reviews here. And if we read one, we'll send you one of these super sick mugs that hold 15. Was it 15.7, I think? It it held the entire bottle of water (laughs) up to the rim here. But if you send us a review, we'll read it. Um, And you can also email us as well. So, all right. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us for The After Chat. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To be the first to hear our next episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and get notifications for new content. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at PCC Wired and Facebook at Passion Community Church. For additional resources and links, check out the description. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on The After Chat.